Okay, hi and welcome to the first session for this Saturday. Um, we are in our senior leaders. I just said recorder. <laughs> uh, we are in our senior leaders retreat, and we are going to be talking about a range of things that are going to happen this year. Um, just as a quick overview, I don't know if you can remember this, but um, we have structured. I've structured the three sessions that I'm running over this weekend in terms of um, sort of from sort of wide funnel down um, narrow, okay? So, and as we get more narrow, I think there'll be more discussion because as we get more narrow, things will look very different at FJ. So at the, today, this morning session, we're doing the, the top level one first, which is a new Sunday format. That's every one of us together as a church when we corporately gather across, including even Chinese, kids, you know, everybody all together, we're going to be discussing the big Sunday format. Um, it will look the same for everybody because we're all showing up at the same place. The next session, which will, uh, I will finish this at 10.30, so we've got very short time to discuss a range of things. Um, in our second session this morning, we're going to be looking at the ministry level. And so that's a little bit going to be um, funneled down different, but we're going to look at it not in the normal way we do annual planning. We're going to look at it from the three priorities that we're going to do this year. So we're going to be looking at, hey, what are we doing across the church in all of our ministries to do the transition from calls to bunnings, to do cross-generational input and, and uh, dialogue, and how are we going to foster deeper relationships within the church across all of the ministries. Now, we'll do, it'll be pretty interesting in the second session. And then tomorrow actually is the session I'm most interested in. And if I could flip it the other way around, we would have begun with tomorrow's session first, but we got a whole bunch of people who are going to be away running service on Sunday and a whole bunch of people coming in today for the session. So unfortunately, we have to begin with main church service up top. But tomorrow's session will be focused in on um, the home. And, and that's why I'm so keen actually to, uh, to have all of our different extended families and the parents and the kids all here. Because in tomorrow's session, we're going to be then talking about, hey, how, what are the home dynamics like and how can we as a church best support genuine faith at home? So that, that, we'll leave that for tomorrow. Uh, I do want to say, though, a big thank you um, to the parents who have brought their whole families here. You know, um, Quinton's family with Sonia and the Laras and the Tings and uh, even the Chans and the Xiaos and right. Like I, I understand that it is quite troublesome to have to navigate um, your kids as well as trying to pay attention to these sections. Uh, rest assured, I am highly appreciative of it. Um, FGA should not be running so fast that we cannot take families along. Maybe some other church can. <coughs> Definitely not FGA, right? And so I am very, very, very appreciative that you guys have modeled a good template, a good template. I grew up seeing that with Uncle YC and Auntie Annie even uh, when they were raising their kids. Uh, you've modeled a good, healthy template for genuine faith at home by bringing along your whole family to ministry things and, and doing things uh, together. I think compartmentalizing our lives away from church is part of the problem that we are trying to solve. So 
Um, please, if your if your kids just don't stress too much. If your kids are like, distracting or play or whatever, we most of us have been there. It's okay. All right. Um, all right. So let's get started. Um, we're going to be doing genuine faith at home. I think our biggest, so our key outcome for today, session two, um, is if you want to write it down. Unity around a new Sunday format. So we're going to walk out of here in an hour with unity around a new Sunday format. And if you think like this is, yeah, if you think this is fast and we've got a lot to cover, just wait till we cover every ministry of FGA and everything in the next hour. <laughs> it's made faster, hopefully, by the fact that we've already had a staff discussion about the Sunday format. And we've had an SLT discussion about the Sunday format, and I've individually approached most all ministry and all ministry heads to have a bit of a discussion about the new stuff. So I will go reasonably fast because this should not be a surprise to anybody that we are revamping Sunday service. Um, our biggest takeaway, and so I'm going to go super fast through this preamble. I'm going to, I'm going to do fine. Okay, great. Um, because I imagine um, most people will know what I'm talking about. Our biggest takeaway from COVID, from my, and I've been praying a lot about this, I think is that there were some big winners and some big losers. That's my big takeaway, was that last year was so disruptive that for some people, they were either like, Woo, we did really well, or Whoa, this was really, really bad, right? Because it was a big um, transitional earth-shaking event. Those who were bad before tended to turn out worse. And those who were, were, were good before actually came up better. That's why they're talking about the great wealth divide even. That, that actually out of COVID, those who were rich came out even richer, right? Um, but, but one of the thing, one of the arenas where that played, I think most obviously, was in the home. So if your home faith was really bad, your home environment, the culture in the home, the relationships were all really bad, then COVID wasn't good for you. But if your home faith, if you had those seeds um, there at home or in your own personal private life, wow, I, you wouldn't believe the testimonies I've been hearing from last year. Some of them, like, like my wife, would be saying things like, oh, this is the best spiritual year, um, you know, for me and whatever it is. So it... It really made a big difference what we did. Um, let me tell you a little bit about FGA last year, just to get everybody up to speed. I've got, I printed off our three-year financials. Um, they're right in front of Mike. You can pass this around, just take a look. Over the whole course of today, uh, no, they're all one. So they all have to be together. And you can't change the order of them. <laughs> yeah. And I don't understand. <laughs> but it's only just, um, just for... Just so that everybody knows, I didn't want to have, so today I didn't want to have lots of charts up, fancy PowerPoints and things like that. We're just having a family chat, right? But last year we grew a lot during that, the pandemic, right? Uh, you'll see that our tithes and offerings, which is probably the closest indicator we have, because our attendance numbers are all over the place. Because for half of last year, our attendance numbers were YouTube views, <laughs> including people in India, people in whatever. Like, so basically, basically, it's so hard to gauge whether or not FGA grew. I can tell you we grew in terms of attendance, but I can also say that we grew in terms of tithes and offerings. 
We've been steadily, if you look at the top line of the first page, you know, in the $900,000 amount last year, we took in without government assistance, 1.2 million. That is the single largest jump. And I think it, it's a reflection also of the fact that we've had a big jump in people um, either tuning into FGA or joining FGA. Um, then, last year, we saw a huge uptake in prayer, in uh, prayer meetings, in uh, Christian education classes, in um, baptisms, and, uh, you know, new babies, obviously, right? Uh, wow, what a year. And I think, as we look back, so last year, we came out of last year as a church with maybe $400,000-ish, extra in a year that when we were sitting in a budget meeting like this the year before we budgeted to make a loss of a hundred thousand right so this is god's grace to us like we now have greater responsibility because what are we going to do with the blessing that god has uh, given us i think as i reflect so so there were some big winners there were some big losers from last year fga falls in the big winner category. We also transformed as a church and after maybe decades of trying to break into Whitehorse, FGA um, actually was able to be a participator and leader in what was happening in the community of Whitehorse. In the first year of formation for the Whitehorse Churches Care Group um, and then directly being involved in Whitehorse Council's COVID response including helping the Deacon International students. But beyond that, many other things that we were doing, the food pantry uh, and the like. And so I think, um, what are we going to do with all of these things that God has um, done for us last year? I think one of the things that strengthened us as a church was that we were a highly relational church. So that even if we didn't have to meet, we could all Zoom each other. The home groups were still, you know, catching up together. Uh, as I caught up with both in ACM and with the White House Churches Care, not every church did well, unfortunately, right? And I, uh, those that were very transactional, where people came in dressed for the service and then left, um, didn't, they found that they lost connection. They didn't have ways to touch base with their congregation because... Um, they were not quite as religious. They required the, the meeting. And sure, there'd be people who would jump on for views, but those views dropped and dropped and dropped as the lockdown got more sort of tiring. Um, I think one of the things that uh, helped FGA navigate that, not just okay, but really well, was the, the strong relational base that FGA had. Um, so... I think this year our three priorities uh, to get genuine faith at home uh, are close abundance, cross-generation, deeper relationship. I'm, I'm not going to go into that in a lot of detail. We'll talk about it in our next session um, as we work out what that means for our ministries. But here's the thing. These three things, close abundance, cross-generation, deeper relationships, we can't just say them and then suddenly, wow, our whole church is you know, having genuine faith at home, right? Like, even Coastal Bunnings, if I could summarize the Coastal Bunnings transition, like, instead of being a place where people buy food, like Coles, we become a place that equips people, that gives people the tools to 
grow their own food. So that the responsibility of, that's why the, um, Jesus, when he gives the Lord's Prayer, he says, this is how you should pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It means every single Christian, every single person needs to go, every day I rely on God to live. Not, not give us a great kids program and an amazing youth group and fantastic worship and then we'll be fine, right? So, um, but we can't just say, hey, codes the bunnings and then expect everybody in their home culture to be ready for this. We can't. We're broadly dealing with um, uh, a modern church like FGA that has, I feel like we, and you've heard me say this before, but we've tasted what it's like to be over-reliant on outsourcing religion away from our family. All of us have tasted that. Even in our life, but also in our congregation. So that people just come to church and like, my job is to get everybody to church. After that, man, my, the young adults better be looked after well by Jerusha, you know, otherwise, I don't know, I can't even talk to my own young adults. Hopefully Jerusha can, whatever it is, right? And then, and it's, it's just, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, we're so used to that outsourcing. And so here's an important note as we um, go into this service, because it's a bit counterintuitive. I'm going to hold this um, pretty tight. We need a transition plan to take people on a journey. It's counterintuitive because in the beginning, a strong church will help people change their course at home. That means... Actually, instead of like, let nobody come to church, just do your own home thing, right? I don't think our families and our homes are ready to just immediately just go with one, I don't know, video or whatever it is, and then they're, they're all off and going. So having a strong Sunday service, a strong place where we can gather everybody together to build those relational bonds, to have those cross-generational in, uh, input into it, deeper relationships in there, right? And teaching um, and talking and training, discipling at a church-wide level through this transition initially needs to be the emphasis. All right? So strong church will help people change. Um, we are discussing a whole bunch of things today, and we're going to hit a decision in 50 minutes. Um, then, after this, you're going to go back and talk to your teams. Whatever we decide is not going to be implemented immediately anyway. We're likely, you're going to hear me talk through the base plan, we are likely going to only implement in April, around Easter. All right? So we've got a lot more time to work out the details and the, the nitty-gritty uh, of things. Uh, also, um, I want to have some time for questions. So let's go right into it. As I'm talking, and I'll go again, I'll try to go fast. Um, just write down your questions and then, and then we'll, we'll tackle them, okay? Uh, I've organized today around base plans, options, and then issues to solve. So I'm going to write down right now what the base plan is that we've discussed as a SLT and as a staff. This may not be the final plan, all right? But it's the base that we're going to start with. Then we're going to talk about a whole bunch of options that we can add to um, and change to that. And then... Um, 
I'm, I'm just going to write down the baseline, and I'm going to tell you why it's been chosen and why we need two services. Okay, so the base plan goes like this. Um, there'll be two services, one at 10 a.m. and one at 4 p.m. on Sunday. All right? Um, they are going to be anchored around meals. It is FGA after all. <laughs> That means service and then lunch, or afternoon service and then dinner. The main reason for anchored around meals is to enable deeper uh, relationships and follow-up and chats. Okay, um, The two services, the reason why we are going for two services, uh, I'm imagining it will be about 250, 250. Uh, Max, I'll talk a little bit about why we have to um, kind of uh, do that, is uh, because of our COVID restrictions. One of the things about whatever we decide today, um, it doesn't need to be permanent forever. If restrictions ease, our permit actually allows for 560 people to be present at Lexton. We're not at 560 people regularly anyway. So that there might come a day where we're all back in one service, me, right? I'm not, right? Oh, but if we do two services and we grow so big that we cannot even come back to one service, I don't know, right? But um, this is the current plan, this is the base plan, okay? And the base plan is Easter implementation. Okay, so uh, Easter's uh, first week of April. Fourthly, multi-generational service. Okay, so the plan is not to have a 4 p.m., you know, hip, cool, modern service and a, and a daggy 10 p.m., whatever. Like, they're pretty much going to be identical-ish. They're going to be kind of the same type of service. And our aim is that they're multi-generational and highly related. So they're both sort of standard FGA services. And I think what we're going to do is in order to move people to the 4 p.m. service, then we're going to have to cap first service. Right? And um, at the moment, first service is the only one that is having Sunday school. Right? And so then we'll have to cap first service um, to then, when that fills up, then we'll go to 4 p.m. To give you some um, idea of the rationale behind this base plan, uh, one, we're doing this for a better. We're doing this for a better in-person experience, a better in-person experience. Right now, because of COVID, uh, we've we've tried a bunch of different models, right? Um, most of them have landed with one part of the congregation just watching a video somewhere, either in one of our four locations or when we were down to Novotel. We had one group of um, in sort of Novotel, right? 70 or whatever it is in Novotel. We can do that for a short period, but we cannot do that for the whole year. We cannot have sections of FGA that never meet uh, a real worship in-person experience or an encounter, right? Uh, for the whole year. It's bad discipleship, right? And um, so I think by 
allowing us to, to have smaller services that are more intimate. That means there's less people at church. Um, it allows us to have a better in-person experience, giving us greater discipleship, um, relational discipleship, the way FJ does it anyway, uh, on our Sunday. Not that Sunday is the only way to do discipleship. We're just talking Sunday for right now, okay? Um, so secondly, I think uh, along those lines of a better in-person experience, that means you're getting better worship, you can, um, you can sense the move of the Holy Spirit better in there, there's space for ministry, altar call, prayer, all these types of things. Um, I think by anchoring it around meals, uh, we can foster closer relationships for longer. That means when people come to church, they don't just, firstly, our Sunday services are pretty long, great, right? But we don't want people to just come to church and then leave. So um, the, uh, the idea, because that's what you will do if you're just watching a video, by the way. You're just like, hey, you know. Um, we, we really want to get to know new people. If indeed we did grow by that much last year, there are a lot of people we need to actually get to know and decide. We need to take them on this journey. And so... 100 people online. Yeah, plus there's 100 people online. That's right. So just to, just to give you an indication of our numbers, uh, before we um, went to the Christmas break, just before Christmas, we, if we include Chinese, we were up past the 400 and something mark in all of our four locations. I think off of memory was like 460 across all of the different... Uh, locations. Just last Sunday, Megan has our attendance, including the live online at 485. 485. We had 340 people checked in at Lexton last week. That included 90 people sitting in the lobby, half paying attention, half being distracted, watching these tiny screens on our like lobby speaker system, whatever it is, right? Like, that cannot be, like, one or two weeks, one month, maybe we can, right? But that cannot be every Sunday for the whole of this year, okay? Uh, by having one service, and um, we actually are quite limited. The reason why we are not able to do food after service is not because of um, the food safety issues that we have right now. It's because of our overcrowding. The lobby cannot fit everybody eating, right? So the only way we could have done food, sit down, lunch, is if after church, we literally turn the car park, we turn the sanctuary, we turn the lobby, everybody just changes it into tables and we sit down and we all like eat and then nobody, like, which would be a bit chaos for every Sunday, right? So, but if we can get it down to two manageable services, then everybody, so 180 is our limit in the sanctuary, right? Everybody who's in the sanctuary can go out to the lobby to eat or in the, the vicinity. Yeah, in the vicinity, roughly, roughly, roughly. Because some people will not eat lunch as well. Okay, so, um, okay. Thirdly, this is our COVID response right now, okay? So it might be that we will change our plans later if there's no restrictions and we can all cram. Like in my head, 560 people can fit at FGA, maybe even 600, permit 600. No, permit is 560, right? But, um, but we can literally, we can literally eat 
on the steps. We've done we've done like five hundred thousand, you know, like before. So yeah, we've done a thousand over the weekend, over two services. We've done a thousand over two services. So in my in my head, like we can cram it. We can cram it. Okay. You're about to discover how imprecise this planning is. Okay. Um, I think another rationale that I've heard over the different discussions that we've been having in the staff team and the SLT is that it's more serving opportunity and more space for growth. As God has brought more people into our midst, actually we don't want to raise and disciple Christians who just sit and be comfortable for another big church service because we're, we're approaching big church. In fact, um, by passing the one million mark, ACNC, which is the, um, uh, I guess, the governing body over charities, right, has classed this into the middle uh, charity, large, large, large charity section. So that's we're, the top one. That's the top one. We're basically big boy grown up church right now. Okay, by crossing the, the million dollar mark, where we were 900 something, now we're at 1.2. Actually, we crossed it a while ago. Hey, don't worry. We're big boy church now, right? So. We, what we don't want to do is have people, we don't want to have people come to church and just do nothing. Yep. So this will create more serving opportunities. Okay, pause. Does anybody, no, these are, these are the rationale for these decisions. Does anybody have any questions about the base plan? Yes. That's right. So it's quite hard to then, we want to have multi-generational and you don't have kids in ministry in the second service. All of the families will just... That's right. That's right. So when we say multi-generational, right, um, it doesn't have to be every single generation is in there, right? So um, as long as it's not all just one broad type of generation. Because kids ministry is only primary school kids. Right, so it's um, so we could have a second service at four p.m. that um, that has many other different kinds of generations, and maybe like one or two primary school kids or whatever it is. But but we would funnel most of our young families to first service. Although having said that, up for discussion, um, up for discussion is. Sunday school in two services, which is the first one of So Sunday school in two services. Or children's ministry, whichever one. Right? Kids ministry, FGA kids in two services. One of the ideas in our options is maybe if Chinese ministry, um, and this is uh, lots of discussion needs to take place, right? But what we could do is we could go to two services, Chinese ministry about 40 people, maybe they got five primary school kids, they're about, uh, if, because I'm expecting our second service will be uh, not as popular as our first service, which will sell out. So then we can add an extra 40 on site from Chinese ministry. Chinese ministry can then send their kids in. They'll add to the kids' numbers. Then we can have kids' ministry in both. And that'll mean quite a big transition for kids, but they've been kind of discussing it um, already. Other questions?
So, yes. Is it, is it so, yeah, so it's whatever we decide. So let's have some discussions about this because what I'm trying to do now is we've got maybe 40 minutes to work out is this, like if everybody just goes, okay, great, this is the plan that we've discussed, let's just do this. Then we're all good, like we're 40 minutes ahead of schedule. I, I don't think we're, that we are, I don't think we're, we're 40 minutes ahead of schedule. Yes. So other than Sunday school, that everything else would be the same? So live speaker, live worship? Yes, live... that's right. So even with the number of um, people on worship in everything, it's literally the same? Will the same people be um, serving twice? So basically, once we agree on this base plan, every ministry will work out how they fulfill this. Okay, so I'm just going to leave it for the food guys, for the whatever it is, right? How it, it, it in detail will implement is not for discussion here. Yeah. So if that, that being said, then that means Sunday school is in two services already. It's just, it's going to look different in the second service. Well, if we, if we decide that we want to adopt this option, but right now... No, as in, it, the base plan is currently two Right. So the current base plan is one kids program. Cap for service, one kids program. That's the base. But we could we could just make it two. Is, I thought it is two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's by far our preferred. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not two identical kids services. Yes. That's right. That's right. And so we're encouraging parents to go to the first one still. For the for the bigger it's, it's, yeah. it has more purpose. That's right. That's a brilliant. Like, is in like one hour, 45 minutes, or one hour and a half, one and a half hours? Because if, say, for instance, we finish at 5.30, and we have dinner at 5.30, it's like... Yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah. That's right. So I, I, I agree with, I think Pastor Rogan's saying that it might be... That's right. Four thirty or even five. Yeah. So what are we all thinking? Four, four thirty-five. Early dinner's okay. Four thirty. Four thirty. Four thirty. Oh, man, this is going to be such a quick Four's good. Four. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay, why is four better? Because um, we might plan for one and a half hours, but then in practice, like in the morning, we might finish at 11.30. But when do we ever start eating at 11.30? Like never, right? right, right. And then so if we want to like... And also if people have dinner plans after, yeah. they need to leave or sports or whatever, Yes. more time. Young families need to get home earlier to the kids to That's right. I think if we're done way before six, it's, it's better. Yeah. Most young families but, eat about 5.30. Yeah. And, and, and it gives you optionality, so yeah. you can eat later, you can. Yes, because there's there's not much difference for most people at the arrival time. So whether you start at four or you start at four thirty, like who's got something on that they like within that? But the ending time is significant because if you end too late, it encroaches into like, some people might go to their parents' house for dinner, they might have other things on for dinner. It, it gives you a little bit more leeway. Yeah. Okay, but let's hear some of the 4.30 arguments. No, no. Four. I mean, four. Oh, you're four. Yeah, four, because if you have ministry time, otherwise it's too tight. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
Okay, I'm keen to hear some 4.30, I mean, it's 30 minutes discussion. Just to, just yeah. to make it a bit clearer, so a 4 p.m. start means a 6 p.m. dinner, right? Like yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right, a 6 p.m. dinner. Because we will still need to allow a little bit of time for fellowship, a little bit of time for people to get their food order, whatever the thing is. There's just some food for thought. Yes. Uh, considering that you're basing these kind of around anchor meals, yes. from what people are saying, it's like there's a lot of other commitments after the six o'clock, yes. family time and all that. How realistic is that that people will hang around after yeah. six and have Yes. So that's a good question. So here's the thing. So Pin and I, we went for this holiday um, in the city. And this is how I got thinking. Like There are some big winners and some big losers from this COVID thing. If FGA gets its Sunday service um, plan really good for the COVID season, we can, I think we can turbocharge us, our, our church ahead. Yeah. Um, so we went, we did the Qantas like 50% deal in Asia, right? So um, in the city, the city in January was dead. Like everywhere we went, there's like no one around. It's like empty, except for Crown Metropole where we were. That place was full. It was packed. And when we checked out, there were people coming in. When we checked in, my Uber, because I went to service and then I trained into the city and then I did a $5 Uber to Crown Metropole, right? My Uber couldn't even get into the road in front of the hotel. And every um, area in the hotel parking area was full of cars. Now, why did they do so well and everybody did really bad? I think they did like two big things. Firstly, they discounted price and stuff, but they gave free buffet breakfast for everybody who came in. But the big clincher was they threw in free valet parking, which means everybody in Melbourne who can't go anywhere, who would never go to the city because they have to Uber down, they have to take public transport, whatever it is, to just drive their car to the, it wasn't a big deal for them. They usually charge a lot for valet, but they could drive their car in, drop their car, and then use the facilities, or didn't jump into their car and just do anything, go anywhere they want, and then just drop it back off at the valet, right? So their valet were crazy. They're like our kitchen food team on, at, 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 you know, an anniversary. They were like, we were chatting with the valet, but she was like, oh, don't, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. They were like dying, right? Because there was a queue of but oh my goodness, they nailed it. Then, so imagine if on our, because I think this will be the toughest service to, 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 to have, right? But imagine if we did live food for our evening service and it was good and affordable, right? Like, that's in the live food. That means we, we fish, we fish animals, and we eat them Imagine, right? Like we went to Lulu's. We went to check out Lulu's in the city. My goodness, the best fried kwetiau we had, right? But imagine if we have, even if we pay or we hire a cook, that means we, we, we pay to have a, a, a cook that's constantly cooking live food. Firstly, everything's going to be pre-ordered because you have to book 
post-COVID, you have to book into every one of our services. So we always know where it is. And before we did COVID, um, we already got 90% of the church was on pre-ordered food. So everybody knows what it's like to order. So, so the cook already knows how many dishes they're cooking, right? We can always supplement as well with um, packs that we buy from other restaurants. So you can choose the maybe more expensive live fried kwetiao or satay that we cook or whatever it is, but you can still have sahofan or various other things in there. But if we, if we lean in, because FGA has a reasonable budget, we're doing reasonably well. If we lean in and the food is good and cheap, right? Then people will go, you know what? Like we're gonna have a family catch up over at mom's house, but why don't we just all go to church and have our family catch up there at church, right there. And then invite one or two other friends along. And we just sit down and we just eat there. You know, it's, it's Sunday night. People maybe don't want to cook, right? I, I think it's doable. I, I think it's doable. We don't have to hit 400 people, 500 people. 250 is our max. Yeah. So if we can augment, so I think there are a few levers that we can pull in the details. There, in the deeds when the, the worship ministry implements, when kids ministry implements, we can we can mess around with the details and incentives to make sure it's a multi-generational service. Yeah. Amen. 250 adults or 250 adults plus kids? No, 250 on site. Wow. Yeah. So that really so when I say 250 on site, right, that, that will be a real limitation for um first service. Because how many kids do you have? That's right. That's right. So that's right. I think our main. So what we'll do is we'll really, if we restrict first service, that means mostly it'll be kids ministry and parents of kids. Let's say, even though we might run out of second kids, right? That will already eat up at least two hundred of the two fifty. Like it'll, it'll be the high. It'll be above one hundred and fifty. If you're doing kids as well. If we go, okay, right now, right now, we had 340 last week in our, in our church service. If we go 300, let's say, yeah, that is a very little people for your second service. We don't, what we don't want to do is run a second service that begins like dead. <laughs> you know, like we don't want to go into the four PM service. There's more people on stage than there are other things, and then just Isaac and me have Frank with you So I think one of the good things about FGA though is that what we've discovered is even when we did the four sites, which are really really troublesome, people at FGA for some reason really really want to come to church, not to hear me speak, to meet up with other people. Yeah. And so if we cap it and we say, you can't come, they will book in for the four. Like, they will, people will still come, especially if we've got good food that's cheap after. So I'm more in favor of a tighter restriction in first service, a tighter restricted number in first service. Don't let that balloon up too much. And then people have to go to the uh, second service. Yeah. One of the reasons why we tossed up between a late Saturday or a late Sunday, one of the reasons why we tipped over to the Sunday was if we have a good guest speaker, let's say Pastor Jeremiah, right, in, in the first service, people might 
go, whoa, that was a great service. I'm going to invite friends along for the 4 p.m. service. But if we had it on Saturday before, and that's the smaller service, it's, it's hard to... I go the other way. Yes. So I think in the family night, the Wednesday family night, is any indication? Yes. It's quite a good uh, turnout. Yes, yes, that's right. So we we could hit about a hundred. Then this is midweek, which is harder to get people to come in uh, compared to the Sunday night, which is easier. I feel to get people to come in, right? And we could even hit about a hundred. Honestly, a hundred. Yeah, I reckon a hundred or something on our second service. That's pretty good already. I think we're going to sell out very quickly. Already at 485, we've still got a lot of people online. Like, yes. There were like seven of you and then uh, That's right. seven of someone else's. And... That's right. Kim. Yeah. Um, 250, is that including volunteers or not including volunteers? Yeah, so not including volunteers. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm so from, from the From your, from your comment there, it's inevitably that we are going to have Sunday school in the second service. Yes, okay. Because if you have 100 plus, if you are trying to the first service, we are talking, I mean, we are limiting the people to 100, probably maximum 170 adults. Yeah, that means most people can't make it into yes. first service. So, yes. no choice. So, yes. we have to have second, I mean, uh, Sunday school for second service. Yes, yes. It's, it's very like, yeah, okay, let's just make that the base plan then. Is Sunday school okay with that? Yeah, yeah. So um, you're with two services Sunday school? Yeah, that's what I mentioned before. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Just wondering with the numbers, um, so once we sell out both, or if we sell out both, would we start to lift those numbers? Yes, we will. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I think uh, it's, it's likely that, um, uh, sorry, no, it, there's a possibility at some point this year we will sell out of both. But I think what we have to do, we have to be a bit careful. So we'll manage it basically on a week-to-week -week basis. We don't need to decide here because, you know, also COVID and all these things, right? So we'll manage it on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, we have, I don't even know, but as a staff team, we've been uh, on, a, on tiered levels. We've been increasing the number of uh, tickets as we go. So I think it will just be a day-to-day -day manage um, thing. Yes? Will we still be streaming the first service? Yes, that's right. So the idea is that we stream first service, but since they will be likely to be identical services, we won't stream the second service. That means or we will need less video uh, people. We don't need three cameras. We don't like it'll just it'll just be. We'll stream service. the kitchen. The we'll stream the kitchen <laughs> chef cooking. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. And every now and then we might change the speakers up. But I, what we mean is broadly they're multi generational services and broadly they'll be the same. Yes. So does that mean worship is booking the same in terms of numbers or are they different formats? So that will be for worship to answer. But they'll work out there. Do you want to say anything about it? Since we have worship guys here. So I think primarily right now, more will go to the first service because a lot of the 1830s have activities on Sunday. So we'll have to start to grow and groom. Um, we're happy to lower the bar in terms of coming in. You know, Isaac started playing first when he was seven, right? So I'm hoping that we start that way and we can open up for more opportunities for people to serve. And then all new uh, worship uh, auditions and people who make through will go through second service first as they are stepping stones, right? Because it's a much, we think initially it'll be a smaller crowd, 
they kind of cut their teeth and then they go up to first service. But if you are in first service, you are also expected and can be rostered for second service. That's like the broad vision, right? We're trying to not create an exclusive club where you only play for the A service or B service, right? You go through a smaller service to cut your teeth, and once you're a full-fledged worship team member, you can be rostered for either one. The aim is that we have similar service, similar, but again, we can't force people to come on one service or the other, right? So we have to kind of see. But my plan is I'll have a head of worship for morning service and a head of worship for Sunday, for evening service, right? And they will start grooming their team and start to get up to full platform. But we can take about 10 to 12 per platform, right? Per service. And our aim is that we'll fill it up. It'll actually be, so let's not just um, be too carried away with the enthusiasm, right? There's actually going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes volunteer requirement um, if we're going to do this. Uh, so actually, so this is one of the problems when a church grows by a big amount, is that we've got a lot of people who've just joined our church, but they're not really plugged in, they're not really serving, they're, right? And so this will have to be a season for us. And I think the second service will be a good sort of kickstart to that, which will basically help us to get various people who have just kind of just joined in the church to tap in in some level to join the media team, to join worship, join kids ministry, whatever it is, right? And so we'll have to, as a result of this, say, hey guys, we're going to second service. We need a lot more volunteers. If you've, you know, uh, if you've just joined or you haven't been serving, hey, why don't you just come in? Like, because we need you. We, we're... The, one of the ideas as well, we tossed up um, very close together services. And we were worried with close together services that people would straddle to. And what we don't want to do is burn out people. Right? So actually we're hoping, uh, just like what Roger was saying, that a lot of our services would run two teams. There would be two teams. Right? So that you're not coming to church at 8 something a.m. to set up. And then, you know, like some people who are serving, and you stay all the way, and then you eat lunch at church, and then you eat dinner at church, and then you come back home, you're like, oh, right? That, I mean, once or twice, there'll be, and there'll be some people who might do that, right? And we're not, but by and large, for the average volunteer, what we want them to do is have a good, a good turn for one service. Because they come to one service, they stay for a meal, they, right? And then they just go home. They still have the whole rest of the day. Yep. So let's not straddle our volunteers if we can help it. I know there'll be some that will uh, across all of them. Would this be on a ticket system? Or yes. Okay. Because um, if you recall, years ago when we were in Waiwai, we actually got into a second service. Yes. Yes, that's right. Bear in mind too that a lot of people, uh, hopefully the uh, mentality has changed with this COVID thing. A lot of people have, would rather go to the morning service so that they can be free for the that's right. program yeah. in the afternoon so they are not, you know. That's right, so they have to book in fast. Sorry. <laughs> anybody who wants to, I think what will happen is, anybody who wants to book in. My concern that yes. We will because we're already doing that right now in Ghana. That means they will stop attending church. They will no. go to the fourth year. Hopefully they'll go to the fourth. Right, but they're doing that right now in Ghana because we are already selling out of tickets for our main service. So there's already people who cannot make it. 
Don't think, well, somebody will question government allows you to what, 350 or something. That's right. And you're restricting it to Yes. Yes. That's right. So then Initially. Then they'll be questioning that why you're restricting it. Well, there's also, there's also a lobby limit. So we only can have so many people in lobby eating. Yeah. That's right. So we're restricting it so that we can have fellowship and food after. That would be the answer to that question. Because right now we're packed in, but we can only give you a donut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or a curry puff. And seriously, can we survive as a church? Then people will get Sorry, I'm going. Yes. Yes. We have never said that to anyone. We will not. So, the other thing you have to realize is while we will have hard limits, every single Sunday, now, we're careful not to advertise this. So, you will not see us say this over the pulpit or in major announcements. But this is our leadership team, and I know. Nobody in here is going to abuse the system, okay? That means you're going to book tickets. You're not going to be like, I don't know, Michael Ting, rock up. I forgot to book my ticket, but I know FGA has secret 10 tickets. Like, you know, right? But we, every Sunday, we have secret tickets. Every Sunday. And so no new visitor has ever been turned away. And we never will. The other thing is that if visitors do walk up, I think uh, we should let them have the sanctuary and we yeah. as leaders will yeah. uh, sure. sit and, and go into absolutely. Hopefully, them. with this new plan, everybody can fit into the sanctuary because the lobby will be geared up mainly for eating. But I, but I agree with you. Like right now, we're already over full, right? We have 90 people in the lobby. We should do that. So if, if you see a new visitor, usher them in. And then we can always sit outside. That's fine. Yes. May I answer you? Come to us first. Okay. Okay, man. Is there an option to run anything in between services? Yes. So, basically, there are the whole range of options that once we decide this, there's going to be a lot of discussion on at church, right? You can run Christian education classes in between. We're talking even like, uh, Uncle Ron was talking about table tennis after, like, let's say we all stay for dinner at 6 o'clock, right? Then after he might open up a table tennis table and people can hang around and we can play board games, you can fellowship. All different, we can do, I don't know, Marie Kondo classes after that. Whatever the thing, whatever the thing is, right, can all happen around the, the, the Sunday. So, but, but we're not deciding any of those things now. We're deciding on Sunday service. We'll have to find another day. Anti-pagging, blind dancing, program, we'll have to change. My mom is so good at line dancing. Okay. Susan. See Susan. Susan. Not just answer Uncle Ellen's concern about, you know, the last time we did in YWAM, the second service is like, yes. Just because I remember we were more young adult focused. Yes. And there was no food. That's right. That's right. This would be quite different. So this and and it was also our second service, which was run by Chris Field, uh, was a very different, completely different feel to it, right? So that's not what we're doing. We want to try to as evenly divide up our congregation as we can, 
understanding that always first service will, I think, max out. Okay, I want to do um, one other option, uh, if I could, which is right now we're talking about the first week of April launching. So with Easter Sunday, we say, hey, Easter Sunday, bring your friends to Easter Sunday. We've got two services. It's a good natural choice. It's a few months away. We can think through it. Our problem then is because Novatel has tripled their price. So, yeah. So, I know. So, it's basically we have like maybe 70 people go to Novatel, right? But we're paying $1,500 in food. So, those 70 people that show up will literally have like three course meals or whatever it is. <laughs> they don't know that yet. So, basically, I know. We don't tell anyone. We don't tell anyone. Anyway, so, so we pretty much have decided we're not going back. After cancelling Novotel, we're not going back to Novotel. We might open up Doncaster Secondary, which we've had as a location. It's closer for parents to drop off kids and things like that, right? But the, what that'll mean is for February and March, that means for about eight weeks, we will do the Doncaster and Lexton thing and then change over to two services uh, at Lexton. But if, and this is if, and I'm easy either way, so let's talk through the implementation. If we can push forward our second service, because we're already maxing out in the first service, we're 340, right? If we can push forward to a March implementation, then I think we can hold the fort for February. It's only like basically four weeks, right? And just we're over full, right? We're 90 people in the lobby, we're, we're, right? It allows us to have everybody in one place. So when we make announcements about second service, everyone hears it, they're all in this one location. Everyone feels, hey, we need to do two services. I can't get into Sunday service. I can't get into the whatever, right? But worst case scenario, for four weeks, people have to, there'll be a few people who will miss out and they have to watch YouTube at home. But then when we launch, they'll be like, oh, finally I can make it into this church. I can finally get to it, right? But it's tougher because our kids team will have to be ready for two services. Our worship team will be ready for two services, not by April, but by March. I'm easy either way. So let's have a proper discussion about which way we want to land. Because, um, yeah, anyway, I'm correct. Uh, have we seen our best negotiator? We have negotiated a lot. No, we haven't yet. That's right. That's right. So their normal rate is 6,000. So right now, yes, that's right. So right now, they're giving us a 25% rate. It's just that, and I tell you, we negotiated with Novatel. It was really weird, quite terrible. When, when COVID was discovered in Kingsway at Novatel, that was the week we called them to renegotiate. Hey, I don't think people are coming over to your place. Uh, how much would it cost for us to extend beyond January? And they said, we'll give you 25% of our rack rate, which is 1,005. And then there's a few weekends that are not available for us because they got other bookings already. Basically, we got, you would not believe how good a deal we had before 
when literally nobody was going anywhere. Because we were one of the first churches to go back, the, all the whole church meets together. I'm talking to a bunch of churches now. They're gearing up for February, all of church getting together within our denomination and within one house, right? But well, we've been doing this for two months. And so when we went into Novotel, they gave us like almost just to cover their electricity costs kind of thing. If you have yeah, in that vicinity. What will happen in the baseline for our Chinese brethren? Yes, so that will be for Chinese to uh, discuss. Uh, Joel, I don't know if you want to say anything. Okay, what your thoughts are? Yeah, at the moment, we, are, we have about 40 people uh, stay in a small room. Yeah, so uh, Where in $10 in per head. Yeah, $10 per head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the rate. Yeah, but and so we can continue in Overtel for a while. $10 per head, is it just? Yeah, $10 per head. Yes. Are we having a break at 10.30 or later? Yes, 10.30. You're still doing 10.30? I'm still doing 10.30. You're not discussion? Well... I mean, we're basically just going to do this. Okay, so, are we, who has got major concerns or big issues around us implementing this? Don't worry about the March implementation yet. Let's assume we'll have two services for Sunday, right? Does anybody see any big problems with this at the moment? Yes, good. Harold and then Susan. Um, I'm, in terms of the second uh, service time slot, um, I anticipate there's going to be people who are going to try to straddle across both. Yes. So is it worth looking at a slightly earlier time slot for second service? No, because we don't want to make it easier for them to straddle. We want to make it harder for them yeah. to straddle. Yeah. yeah. But then that means the people who need to straddle end up having a harder day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So then hopefully they just give up. <laughs> 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 because <laughs> except for staff who are working <laughs> but if you're talking volunteers yeah exactly if you're talking about volunteers what we want to do is make sure that the volunteers don't straddle because all of my team i said we're trying to encourage you not to yes they said i think we want to Yes. And then, so they're, they're like, I'd rather do it all in one and That's then right. not serve the next week. That's right. Maybe, maybe. But I, uh, there was a reason why we, we deliberately kept it uh, apart. Okay. Yeah. Susan. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh yeah. so that means the, the summary is that we're encouraging volunteers not to serve at both. That's right. right. Yes. That's it. Just wanted to have that. Yeah, good. You know how we want to connect the church people, right? So what happens if Yes. Yes. So that will be a struggle. I think FGA. Once we go to two services that are reasonably equal, will never look the same again. That is something that we have to grapple with. Unfortunately, we don't have the option right now with our COVID limitations to do just one service. It'll mean that that instead of having two services that don't connect. We'll have two services. One will always watch video and definitely never connect. And then one, like we don't have many options. That's why I think if you ask me, ideally, if COVID restrictions are gone, we just scrap the second service. Everybody will be relieved anyway. And then we can go back to the one service. But if we do grow and we have 350 in each service, then we can't. Like it, it, who knows what's going to happen. When we forward. buy a bigger space. 
When we buy a big umbrella, oh, 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 um, so I think it'll be really hard for us to run a very segmented, targeted kids ministry in the second service because you will need to have like three different classes and then if the numbers are not big enough in the second service, you will literally have like one class with two kids, another class with three kids, whatever it is. So I think initially anyway, we would be broadly saying like the bigger kids services in the first, uh, first yep. service and then second service will have something for kids. And so does that mean families? That's right, we'll have something for kids, exactly. We'll have something, something like that. That's right. Whereas for us as a ministry, we're keen to rebuild, allow the kids to build relationships with one another. And so when we are splitting into lots of little things, then it makes it hard for them to feel like they belong at church. Um, so that's our main concern. Um, but definitely we will have something available to mind the kids and we'll definitely use that as an opportunity to be the kids. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so does that mean first service will have a pre-release for families? Or? Yes. Okay. That's right. So we'll keep the same system. That means, um, uh, what, uh, if you don't know, we've been doing uh, three days before the tickets are released to the whole church, the registered kids' parents get a pre-release ticket so that at least the parents and kids can make it into the into the service. So they will pre-release the first service as well. Yes, Susan. Perfect. Oh, so good. I was thinking about what Susan mentioned about the two groups having to mix them every now and then. Yes. It's just a suggestion that maybe once a quarter or you know three months, four months, you can have a combined all come in. But then uh, you can't have meals. Yes. So what you can do is just maybe pack lunch, and then uh, after service, you know, each one takes the pack lunch. You can go out to the parks yes. and uh, and uh, mix you know, together with the people that they, they have not seen for a long time from the first service. And combine. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea because we can actually fit in one service yeah. if we don't sit down and eat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's a really really good idea. Okay. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to wrap up this discussion. We, the reason why we're going pretty quick is because I actually expect that a lot of informal conversations are going to be taking place over the whole of this uh, retreat, right? Uh, one of the things we can continue talking about is whether or not we can pull off a March implementation. If we can't, the default, so the default is April, uh, April implementation is what we're broadly looking to. It's not a big deal. I think FGA, you know, COVID's giving us a lot of grace. So even if we go Doncaster for a few months and then we go, it's fine. FGA will still be around. Yep. So let's let's have some proper discussions over tea, uh, over, over that. Uh, what I'm going to do now, we've got two things before we go off to our break. My mom's going to come up and give us some instructions for everybody who is volunteering in the kitchen, which we're rusted for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>